Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Amy Killen here with me in Cagliari on the beautiful island of Sardegna. Welcome to my podcast, Amy. Thank you. Amy Killen lives in Utah. She is a preventive and regenerative medicine physician, specialized in aesthetics, hormones, and sexual health, providing cutting-edge regenerative medical treatments. Amy, let's begin with the question, why do you do what you do? And also, what impact are you looking to have through your work? As we age, we start to obviously have changes in our body and in our face and our skin and our sexual function. And what I find is that when that happens, a lot of times people lose confidence and they it kind of changes the way that they interact with the rest of the world. So my goal is to help give patients back that confidence by treating the areas that concern them or bother them and so that they'll go about out in the world and go about it feeling better about themselves. This regenerative aspect of, of what you do in curing and helping people, what can it lead to next? The idea behind these regenerative therapies are we're using things like stem cells or platelet-rich plasma to talk to our own bodies to try to get them to heal themselves. And this kind of flies in the face of the way that we've been practicing medicine for the past many years, which has been a very symptom-focused, treat the disease, treat the symptoms, give mm. some medicine, put a Band-Aid on it kind of, of medicine. What we're trying to do is create a new field of medicine where instead of just treating the symptoms, we're actually getting to the root of the problem and we're regenerating the tissue, we're fixing the problem, and then you don't need any more Band-Aids. And so that's kind of the goal. And for people living maybe far away from Utah, if they might be interested and so on, where do you direct them and how often are these um, stem cell treatments needed in general? Usually they don't need them very often. It's not more than one or two times, once every year or two mm -hmm. or less. You know, some patients, you just do one treatment, they get the results they want and they're, they're good forever. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of patients that will fly in from all different countries. You know, it's difficult to, sit, to tell people where to go, you know, because I don't really know where the clinics are in Norway or Dubai or wherever. Mm -hmm. um, there are certainly other physicians practicing this type of medicine, but I don't know specifically where to send them. Back to you, uh, Amy, what, what would you define as your passion, something that you are right now so interested in that you're also willing to suffer for it if it's needed? I am very interested right now in sexual health and in getting people to talk more about sexual health and the fact that, you know, sexual health is so important to just general health. It's both an indicator of disease within your body and it's also something that we know is important for longevity. It's important for relationships. It's important for self-esteem. So many people have problems and they don't ever talk about it with anyone. So my goal is to make this something that we can talk about, not just with our partners, but with our friends and with our doctors and that make it not so taboo anymore. And in terms of, um, you know, times in, in, in your life that you've, um, like a transformational points actually in your life that have influenced you the most, what made you t take certain routes? The main 
transformation that I can think of was I used to do emergency medicine. So I did ER for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, then I had my three kids all one after the other. And then my husband got a job traveling and he was out, out of town all the time. And we just had all this stress happening at once with our marriage, with you know my life. I was eating horrible foods and I was never exercising and I was sleeping very little. And then I was going to work in a high stress environment where you're seeing patients that aren't really ever getting better. They're just continue to come in and you just kind of patch them up and you send them on their way. And all of those things kind of came together for me. And I realized that I wanted to be able to help patients in different ways. And I I also needed to be able to help myself and my family or none of it was going to work. I mean, you work as a doctor and um, I'm sure you also have some, you know, reflections about the business world and the industry sector that you're operating within. What kind of long-term formula do you believe in? We have a small, pretty small clinic in Park City, Utah. And honestly, as a, as a doctor, we're not trained very much in business. When I first got out of ER and opened my first clinic, which was somewhere else, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I had no idea how, where to buy office furniture or how to order medical supplies or how to hire my staff. You know, I really had to learn on the go. Um, so I still feel like I'm definitely on the that steep learning curve where I'm learning every day. But but certainly there's a place for growing this type of practice and, and we'll continue to do that. But for us right now, it's a pretty small practice because we don't, we have you know just a few physicians that are doing these procedures which are very cutting edge and not something that anybody else is really doing. Mm. And in terms of the cutting edge, how are you Are there any kind of hard truths right now about this or how much of it is uh, still in in some kind of experimental mode and how much is it kind of defining the next step? Yeah, there's a lot of of studies, you know, into stem cells from animal studies and human studies. There are hundreds of studies and most of those studies at least show that they're beneficial when Mm. used in these different ways. So, you know, used for sexual health, used for skin, used for hair, used for musculoskeletal pain. So we've seen in the studies that they're helpful. What we don't know is the best way to do it. We don't know necessarily what's the best number of stem cells that you need. You know, what's the best place to take your stem cells from? What's the best uh, Mm. concentration of whatever, of PRP? So we're still really fine tuning to give patients the very best experience. And because it's been fairly new as far as using treatments, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen in 10 or 20 years. Mm. Uh, But we're learning more every day and it seems like they're very safe treatments and we're having great results. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. And do you have many people that you cooperate with in the medical industry, in the pharma industry? Are they open to this? Or somebody is working kind of not against it, but at least, you know, not helping? Yeah, we definitely have other physicians that we'll bring in as consultants sometimes on things or, you know, we'll send patients to, for instance, if someone comes in, um, my colleague, Dr. Adelson, treats uh, musculoskeletal pain. So if it's someone, you know, who has something that's not going to be helped by stem cells, we have orthopedists or neurosurgeons or other people Mm. that we refer out to and and vice versa. They also refer back to us, plastic surgeons, things like that. But other, I mean, not all doctors understand what we're doing certainly Mm. Mm. Um, because this is not something that's taught in medical school or residency it's something that you you have to seek out information on it you have to you know do your reading go to conferences network meet people it's definitely not currently part of the core curriculum so there are so many doctors out there who think it's not legit and uh, so getting past that can be tricky and certainly we 
there's not uh, much interaction, at least in a positive way, with the pharmaceutical companies because the drug companies don't have, there's nothing that, you know, it's not benefiting them at all for us to do these treatments. It actually could be harmful to them because we're going to be eating up their revenue if the things we do are successful. I think some of the doctors are curious, but I don't think that the, <laughs> the pharmaceutical companies are curious. <laughs> and if you could give one piece of um, advice to leaders and however you want to define those, I mean, anybody who has a following who is kind of out there experimenting and, and, and so on, what kind of advice would you give? I think that my biggest advice is that you know it's okay and it's actually good to do things that scare you. Being uncomfortable is actually a good thing and that we should seek those experiences rather than just stay where we're, we're comfortable because otherwise we're not going to grow and you know I, otherwise I would never have moved into this kind of medicine if I wasn't okay with feeling not okay <laughs> sometimes and feel like I didn't know what I was doing you know you feel like when you first start something you aren't the expert and you don't know what you're doing but being okay with that and be willing to learn mm. has been valuable for me and I think it would be for others as well. Mm. Typically, people or potential patients would say, my God, I don't want anybody experimenting without knowing everything from the beginning, right? Sure. Because there's, but there's always this learning curve. But I've heard from a talk that you just gave together with your colleague, of course, that the number of, let's say, critical situations or failures, so to say, at work uh, for you and your colleague is, is so close to zero uh, mm -hmm. that uh, even if you're experimenting the ideal, ideal number, as you say, of stem cells, etc., There is, there is so far no risk involved in, in, in right. what you do. Yeah, that's true. So that's comforting. And what about you? If you would give uh, some advice to yourself, let's say 10 or 15 years ago, what would that be? I feel like I, I need to just push the envelope even more. I need to do a better job of really going out and meeting people and talking to my patients more and communicating better and finding out what people want. I am pretty good at those things, but sometimes I tend to be a little introverted and uh, you know, I, I'm comfortable with a book at my home by myself. So I, I need to really push myself to get out more, to mm. do even more talking and networking and talking to everyone. For the sake of getting the message out and understanding Yeah, for the sake of getting the message out about about the importance of sexual health and for the sake of growing my practice and just also for the sake of my own personal growth, I feel like mm -hmm. I would like to sort of evolve in that way where I'm a little bit more comfortable being out there and being open and talking to large groups and talking to you know anyone about any of the things that I do. Yeah, for sure. The talk that you gave now, right now, uh, for these 200 plus people, Uh, was amazing. So you you definitely have oh thank you <laughs> fantastic potential. And uh, if we dream a little bit and say that you have all doors open that you can imagine and you have all kinds of resources available to you, what would you then choose to innovate or change? Whether it's within your field or if it's on a you know even a broader scale. One of the things I I think is a problem is the lack of healthcare resources that we have and the fact that you know right now stem cells are really expensive as my colleague was talking about today stem cells are expensive and they they do work and they're great but not everyone can afford them so i would like us to be able to move into a medicine where we we know a lot about them we know how they work and we can get these therapies to all people you know including people who don't have as much money to afford them mm. so i think we could do a lot of good if we could get to that point. But right now, it's, they're expensive for all of us. And so it's just going to take some time to get there. 
And just out of curiosity, when, when you say expensive, everything is relative, of course, but if something is truly important for, you know, health uh, situation, then, then uh, what is the price? But what are more or less the prices for different kind of stem cell it ranges if you start with if you're doing something like just platelet-rich plasma which is just getting some growth factors from your own blood it may be a thousand dollars for treatment but if you're actually getting stem cells either whether it's from yourself or whether it's from umbilical cells or exosomes or any of these other cells from somewhere else mm -hmm. then um it's a few thousand dollars and it could be two thousand dollars or mm -hmm. it could be quite a bit more it depends on the number of cells and where you're getting them and you know the procedures involved and mm -hmm. so and what do you think is the most important thing for health and pharma-related companies to focus on right now? Well, I'm obviously biased and I think regenerative medicine is the thing. There's also a lot of interesting work being done in sort of immune immunomodulation and immune medicine. And I also think that the work that's being done using artificial intelligence and sort of the patient's own DNA, using patient's information to personalize their medications and personalize their drugs is super cool. So if we, you know, continuing on that route, adding more regenerative medicine and making your medications completely personalized based on your DNA and how they're being expressed mm. could be game changing for patients. And how, how far away do you think that could be? You know, we're not, we're, some people are already doing sort of this personalized medicine. We know that there are certain people, for instance, that don't tolerate statins as well as others, which is a cholesterol medication. And we can do DNA tests to see mm -hmm. if you're that person or not. And if you don't tolerate them, then we cannot give them to you. You know, same mm -hmm. thing with certain chemo drugs. So there are things that are already being done like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but there's so much potential to learn even more about the way that we process drugs and then how to, you know, how to different parts of our gut bacteria affect our drugs. You know, there's all these different things that could be completely dialed in for mm -hmm. each person so that we wouldn't have all of these drug side effects and we wouldn't have uh, drug failures. You know, it would just, we would give the right drug and the right dose to the right person. And then you add the regenerative medicine where we're really able to get your own body to heal itself. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got, a, you know, a winning combination. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And to end just on a kind of a philosophical note, a big, big, big question. What do you feel or think that the world needs most at this time? My biggest concern for the world is that, you know, there's global warming and there's everything is changing and there's the poverty is getting worse and wars are getting worse. And so I worry the most about the environment and the environmental changes that are happening because I feel like obviously if we don't have a environment that's healthy, then none of the rest of our problems are going to matter. So thanks, Amy, for everything and thanks for sharing. To find out more about you and your work, where should people head? So I have a website, it's just dramykillen.com. And I also have a clinic website, which is Docere Medical, D-O-C-E-R-E -E Medical. Mm -hmm. And I'm also on social media at Dr. Amy B. Killen. Great. And you will also find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast. And I truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Thanks for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao.